Beyond Ourselves is a podcast where I, Taylor Camille, share stories by those living a life fully and beyond any stigma or perceived limitations a health condition may have on their day-to-day lives. As always, please share and subscribe if you haven't already. So we're going to take a little break from our season two activities because we're in September and September, in the U.S. at least, is Sickle Cell Awareness Month. Sickle cell disease is the most commonly inherited blood disorder in the United States, affecting an estimated 100,000 Americans. It occurs primarily in African Americans, although it can be seen in other races as well. However, one in 500 African Americans have the disease. I am one of the ones in 500, and so this particular disease is very close to home for me. In a series of letters, we'll hear from other people with sickle cell each week of September. And then in October, we'll pick up where we left off this season talking to black men. For me, sickle cell has always been something that, I don't know, my parents made it very positive for me. Um, I knew I had different needs, but they never wanted me to feel insecure about that. They wanted me to feel empowered and have a better understanding of what I could and could not do and why. I remember as a kid, I would take penicillin every day, um, but my parents would call it goodness. And goodness at that time came in the form of like a red syrup. And I don't, I, the taste, I don't really recall, but I don't remember it being something I liked to do. So it's probably why they called it goodness. So I could be excited to take my goodness so I could feel better. Um, as I got older, the penicillin was no longer in a syrup form. It became a pill, and then after seeing another doctor, she took me off of it completely. And now my treatment pretty much just looks like blood test. Um, now my treatment pretty much looks like blood test here and there. Well, I shouldn't say here and there. Yearly blood test. Sickle cell disease is a disease that affects the special protein in our red blood cells, which is hemoglobin. The healthy hemoglobin carries the oxygen from the lungs into different parts of the body. Now a person with sickle cell makes a different type of hemoglobin, um, which makes the cells change their shape. So in children's books that I had as a kid, one in particular called Puzzles, Um, they describe the cell looking like a banana shape. And the banana shape is dangerous because that cell becomes hard and sticky and clogs up the blood vessels. And so the blood can't bring the oxygen to the tissues that it needs to, so it causes pain. And so the main symptom of sickle cell is these pain crises. And for me, my pain crises come about... um, Typically, they've been, if I have a sinus infection, that then manifests into a pain crisis, or if I'm under a extreme amount of stress, which as a producer, a writer in a demanding field, has become something I have to manage and do yoga and stretch and exercise and drink a lot, a lot of water and just minimize my stress. And I think um, 
I've been doing a good job at that, except for recently. I think I'm taking on a little bit more than I can chew. And so learning how to get myself relaxed and not take on too much um, and find spaces or find time for myself to breathe and to relax is definitely very, very important. For me, sickle cell has not been as intrusive to my everyday life as I know many people have had it. Some people have SS. There's, so there's two types of sickle cell disease, SS and SC, SS being the more severe. I have SC. When sickle cell can be extremely severe, patients have to get blood transfusions and a lot of other health care and attention. There are some treatments being tested, like a gene editing technique called CRISPR. And it's interesting because they are kind of infusing these genetically modified cells into a patient's body. And it seems like it's alleviating the complications of sickle cell disease. So that's something interesting to watch. Um, I myself, before this podcast, um, probably was not as forthcoming about having sickle cell. I never wanted to be treated differently. I would cloak, if that's the word, my condition until it became absolutely dire. I remember last year I was supposed to go on a, a trip for work to Aspen, Colorado, where the elevation is far too high. So that's another complication of sickle cell is that this transfer of oxygen in our body is already a task for our cells. So we can't go to elevations that are, for me, my kind of threshold is, I think, 6,000 feet, but I try not to go above 3,000 feet. Flying for me is fine because it's a pressurized cabin. Um, but... I couldn't go to Aspen because even for people without sickle cell, it's hard to breathe and get yourself um, in those high altitudes. So it, there's been times as I, as I grow older, and there was another time when I was studying abroad and we were to have an educational field trip to Tibet, and I had to sit that one out. Um, we were we were in China and the whole group was going to Tibet and I was like, uh, I can't go there. <laughs> so I went to London and visited my friend Carl instead. But, you know, that's not the end of the world. I feel very privileged and I feel very lucky to know my boundaries, to have people that will advocate for me, um, to feel safe enough to talk about it. And my hope with these letters this month is that it will give a more full picture of life with sickle cell disease. It's different for everyone and means something different for everyone. And so I just wanted to take the time out this month to really focus on this. Sickle cell has taught me, you know, how resilient my body can be, but also when to listen to my body, and when to surrender and to relax. And I think that's an important takeaway that most anyone 
should should be in tune with and know. I do fear how it will change as I get older. Um, I've been really, really lucky, and I almost feel like I'm gambling. And so when I think about, you know, starting a family or planting some roots and finding a doctor that will really care for me as I evolve in years to come, those are some things that weigh heavily on me. But it will all work out, I know. Um, If I had to say, my inspiration for this podcast was kind of a hybrid of the loss of my father to prostate cancer and my sickle cell. And it's funny because sickle cell is genetic. (laughs) My mom knew that she had the trait. My father did not. And so I think it's boggled me that if they did both know they had the trait, I'm not sure I would be here. Um, I'm not sure I would be here. And so that's something that has, that I've been meditating on. I guess gracious for my father's ignorance. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just grateful, grateful for my father's ignorance. So every morning I FaceTime my mom when I'm not with her. So this morning, I FaceTimed her and just asked her, you know, off the cuff, what it's like to be a parent um, to a child with sickle cell. Um, She didn't know I was recording her, but here's a bit of our conversation. What's going on? I'm just tired, Mo. I bet you are. I need to figure out how to separate my office from my bedroom. Yes. I think you're going to have to use the table in the dining room, in the living room. Yeah, me too. Because otherwise your bedroom becomes a hostile environment. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That is not a good place. Living room might become your bedroom, one or the other. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's a mighty good bed, a nice sweet bed. Yeah. Maybe I'll pull my desk out. Fast forward because it was just a lot of other, you know, mom-daughter morning catch-up talk. But then I (laughs) ambushed her. Something that you want to say about sickle cell? (laughs) What? Uh You can't just throw that on me on the last minute. What has it taught you? What has being a parent to a, a child with sickle cell taught you? It's been stressful as... <laughs> the PG version of that? Okay, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know, because it's just, you know, told you to be more mindful of being an attentive parent, but, you know, allowing a child to live life. You know, life shouldn't have restrictions, even if you have some... Uh, medical challenges. It should always be an adventure, but one that's entered into, you know, cautiously and with the uh, right precautions, you can live a really active, full life. But you do have to make your child aware of what the challenges are, not limitations. Mm-hmm. You remember getting 
me this book. I just reread it this oh, morning. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's the second one. They had another one first that's for younger, younger kids. Oh, and that's for the second stage. You see how it says second, then it says second half? Oh, this handbook says part two. Yeah. So, but this one. Oh, that one. Yeah, puzzles. Yeah, puzzles is good. Is is a little good little one. And the funny thing is, there was some kind of butterfly on it. I think that's what attracted me in the first place. Yeah, I was reading that. I said, "What?" That's Isn't funny. it ironic? And and that was before you chose Appleme. Yeah, that's what I'm very confused about. I was Isn't like, "What are the odds?" Yeah. She's in here talking about. I wish I could. Um, Close my eyes and turn into a chrysalis. Imagine myself in the butterfly garden with my butterflies. Yep. And I'm like, boom! <laughs> full circle moment. Well, because it's too much full circle. Because, you know, people can cocoon your child when they have challenges and medical um, issues and concerns. Or you can allow them to be prepared when it's time to come out of that cocoon and be a butterfly. And metamorphosize. Listen, that's see you. the world. Listen, that's you. <laughs> okay, that was good. You recorded that. Yeah. Hang the f up. <laughs> she was upset when she found out that I recorded her without her knowing. For context, the puzzles book has pictures of butterflies and the girl talks about butterflies as we mentioned but what my close friends will know is that my native american name i picked out is butterfly i got my native american name when i turned 13 so but probably haven't picked up this book until recently again when i was digging through old boxes of stuff and so that just was a full circle moment for me to have, you know, re-earthed this book from my childhood about a, a girl coping with sickle cell and then seeing that imagery of the butterflies and that has been something that has started to mean a lot to me. So, just interesting. At the end of our conversation, my mother reminded me that the things that have brought me peace are playing my record player, dancing around a little bit after exercise or before or during, having some hibiscus tea. Times when I can get back in nature and walk around trees and walk by a stream. The days that I can step away from my phone or even just the hours and just finding a way to breathe and not take everything so seriously. That's when I'm most at peace. And hashing stuff out with her on FaceTime helps too. So, of course, I had to call her back just to make sure there was no beef. And thank you for this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Always. I love you. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Beyond Ourselves is an original series produced and hosted by me, 
Taylor Camille. A variety of the series artwork shared here and on our Instagram at Beyond Ourselves are created by Carmen Johns and Sierra Hood. My hope is that these listenings have left you with a warm heart and an even cooler mind. I hope you are left feeling able to seek peace in the spaces and places you may find yourself in. If you're interested in being on the pod or have any compelling leads, please shoot us an email at info at beyondourselves.com and subscribe and share if you haven't already.